0: Blast.
1: Your move.
0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Cinema Shot. I am your host, Ben, a.k.a. The Marvelous Iggy. And joining me, joining me from the Soviet Union, I mean Mother Russia, Tyler! Uh,
1: hang on. Uh, before we continue, I have something to put into Google Translate. And I'm going to put it on the audio right now. I'm too afraid to pronounce that, but it roughly translates to from Russian... I want my bird.
0: I, I want... No, no, you gotta say it the accent. I want my Boyd. I, <laughs> I want my boy. Okay. Uh, we are now... Um, uh, this is now the third part of Phase 1. Second... Third part of Phase 1. The third part of the overall Infinity Saga of the Marvel Cinematic Universe with Iron Man 2, which, oh boy, the, a lot of people would call this the first stumbling block of... Of the MCU, L- no, it wasn't. Everybody just overreacted. Come on, guys. Um, every listen, everybody was overreacting at this movie. I, I want to get into that right now. Do you remember? Okay, okay. We come off of. Let's just talk about this. We come off of Iron Man, huge, successful, relatively unknown character. Shoots the character, in a superstar. Do you remember the hype for this movie? The movie, the hype. I feel like the hype for this movie was insane.
1: Um, I barely remember anything from this movie when it was new. Like. I had only uh, first seen this movie, not in theaters, but when it came out on DVD um, during that uh, video game uh, club that uh, I was a part of back in high school. Uh, We watched it in full, and we had a good time with it. Um, I will say that um, back then, I didn't think it was as
0: good as the first movie, but it's still an entertaining movie nonetheless. Right. The way you hear people talk about this movie, it's like, ugh, it sucks. It almost killed the MCU. I'm like... Really? Yeah, and I watched it again. I've seen it several times before. I'm just like, I feel like now, especially now in hindsight, like, y'all are clearly overreacting. Like, Jesus fucking Christ. It's like
1: how people um, are with Spider-Man 3. Like, it's not the worst thing in the universe, guys.
0: Um, oh, my God, yeah. For sure. Is it great? No, but, like, come on. Like, um, it's like it's like how people are calling the MCU mid now because we're, we're still coming off of Endgame. I'm like, y'all need to fucking put, pump the brakes a little bit, but... Uh, let's go ahead and talk about, we hear here for Iron Man 2, um, I remember, uh, again, I remember, at least for mine, it was very hype, and then, um, seeing it, um, although I think the one thing I remember the most was the post credit scene, out of everything. Yeah. Uh, but, I, but I, I know this movie's divisive for some, for some people, for sure. Um, some consider it a retread, some people didn't like the ad-lib stuff, but we'll get into that, our thoughts onto it, but let's go ahead and break it down before we break it down. Uh, this was, this is Iron Man 2, this was directed by, once again, Jon Favreau, screenplay by Justin, Th- I believe it's Thoreau, or Therox. Uh, Thoreau, I, I be- believe at- it is. Thoreau, I, I believe it's Thoreau, of course, based on the Iron Man comics by Stan Lee, Larry Lieber, Don Heck, and Jack Kirby, produced by Kevin Feige. This was, had a, uh, US release date of May 7th, 2010, with a runtime of 125 minutes, had a budget of $170 million. $200 million and a box office of $623.9 million and our cast Robert Downey Jr. returns as Tony Stark Iron Man, Gwyneth Paltrow is back as Pepper Potts out with um, Terrence Howard and in with Don Cheadle as James Brody Ward so that's War Machine in comes Scarlett uh, uh, Johansson as Natalie Rushmore or Natasha Romanoff there's no point in hiding spoilers, we know who she is Yeah. Um, it wasn't even a secret back then, like, she's Black Widow She's Black Widow. Um, Sam Rockwell as Justin Hammer. Mickey Rourke as Ivan Vanko, aka Whiplash, and of course Samuel Jackson as Nick Fury. Oh, of course, also John Favreau replies this role as Happy Hogan and uh, Clark, Clark Gregg. Uh, was back as Phil Colston, and then even Leslie even had a small cameo as Christine Hammer. And then, fucking random-ass cameo from Elon Musk out of nowhere. Listen, it's, I know... It's not
1: entirely random. Like, Robert it, Downey Jr. based his entire uh, Tony Stark persona after him. and uh, Really? And in, in, in this movie, they actually rented out SpaceX to use for uh, Justin Hammer's uh, personal uh, lab uh, location.
0: Okay, because when I see Tony Stark and I see Elon, maybe it's because I'm—it's a lot of now. And maybe back then it was different, but like fucking hell, dude! I was like, when when so just to get it out of the way, this is and and you probably won't remember this because you didn't know who the fuck nobody knew who the fuck Elon Musk was around our age. I sure did because we weren't. Yeah, nobody—you had to be like a tech person or like like postgraduate to know who the fuck this guy was. But Pepper Potts Mister Musk, and that is a name that you that is synonymous now. So you're going to turn your head when you hear that. And then Tony goes, "What's up, Elon?" And then he's talking about SpaceX. That's what he's talking about. Um, ha ha! I have is, more money than you. Yeah. Which you is, Tony. And, I'm going to go buy Twitter now. Exactly. How's that going for you, Elon? So <laughs> it just boggled my mind that Elon is technically canon in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. He is. He has. He has a variant there, as they would call it. Uh, Later on. Uh, But yeah. But that's out of the way. Let's not talk about it. So Iron Man 2. Okay. So I believe this takes place six months after the events of Iron Man 1. And to put it simply, Tyler, Tony Stark is uh, at the top. He is the king of the mountain. He is now the self-proclaimed, I guess, the way it's implied is that he's pretty much the walking nuclear deterrent for the for the United States
1: yep uh in his own words he says that he privatized world peace so in a way he's kind of right
0: yeah so we get this big opening flashy entrance where uh Tony is reopening the Stark Expo which is sort of his dad started back in the 70s which comes into the plot later on um and uh has a big party of course even though hey just because you had a near-death experience doesn't mean you don't stop being a party animal um, never was, changed and Tony, never, never changed Tony. He changes later. He gets better, but you know, that personality is was going to be there. Um, so, uh, in the meantime, but however, everything seems good for Tony Stark. And unfortunately he gets summoned by the, uh, the United States government, because of course, when someone that rich and is basically, a, you know, controlling an un, uh, a, a vehicle of that sort they're going to want to question him and they want the united states government uh funny enough we want to
1: guy... make it a weapon give us that well
0: shit. what i love about this this is a spoiler for captain america um i think it's oh we're going uh,
1: there we're going yeah there we're right going
0: yeah yeah i mean i mean like this anybody who's listening this have seen these movies there's no spoilers what I love is, is that initially, if you watch this movie back in 2010, it's like, okay, it's just the government being shit heels about getting the Iron Man armor.
1: Specifically, Gary Shanley giving Tony Stark shit.
0: Yeah, oh my god, he's so great as the, uh, the asshole senator. Uh, but, we'll, we'll, um, in but I love that they retconned it that he's actually an agent of HYDRA in, I believe- I didn't believe... see that
1: shit coming, and it's hilarious in hindsight. No!
0: Oh, hell yeah, so now I kept looking at it, I was like, it's so like you can see as a way of HYDRA trying to get the Iron Man armor- um, even though they never have to say it, it, it works both ways. Um, but so, and here we're introduced that Tony's pretty much, he's pretty much the king of the world. He is privatized world peace, as he likes to say, cocky as hell. Um, they bring in Rody to testify, uh, against him and Roddy's like. I don't think, you know, basically in one little blip. They have them read a blip out of context. They've, in, like, the way uh, Gary Sheffield's character is just like, thank you for the I get it. You can you can stop law. And that's real. Senators will do that shit. If you ever watch a senator testifying, mostly from the Republican side, and you present them with facts, they'll be like, all right, all right, enough, 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 enough. We get it, we get it, we get it. Further claims um, that the world government, and even in fiction, is still shit. Oh, exactly. So... This leads into Justin Hammer, who, of course, after Stark Industries pulled out of being the primary weapons contractor for the U.S. government, in comes Justin Hammer, who is basically the, what if Tony Stark was an idiot and a goofball? (laughs) Um, Played by Sam Rockwell, of course. Um, I think I said his name, right? Yeah, you did. Uh, Fun
1: trivia. Uh, He was originally slated to be Tony Stark in the first Iron Man movie. But they got on Robert Downey Jr. because he fit closer to the role.
0: I, I think I think Sam Rockwell could have knocked that out of the park. Uh, he totally could and, have.
1: I see shades of it here.
0: Right. So Sam. So uh, Justin Hammer is here. He's pretty much the rival businessman. Hammer. Justin Hammer is a like character for the comics, very much like Obadiah Stane, um, In that sense, but way less threatening oh my god possibly the least threatening villain in any comic movie in all but he makes up for it for his camp and um uh in this spring justin hammer pretty much implies that um the iron man technology is dangerous and that it's only a matter of time before the cat gets out of the bag and Rhodey shows him satellite pictures of that north korea iran and um other con- i think there's another country he mentions uh, oh justin hammer itself uh, the U.S. where they're trying to build Iron Man prototypes, to so which Tony totally just fucking casually hacks the U.S. government screens like they're nothing. Um, and technology shows... is
1: ten years too late, bro.
0: Especially oh. Justin Hammers. Oh my god! So then we see like awful like prototypes of basically mechs, um, not even close to the Iron Man looking thing, um, like uh, in Korea and Iran, and then we get one at Justin Hammers' facility where. It's implied that a dude is in this thing, and he basically has his whole body, his torso turned 360. Because um, The only reason he says this is because the uh, Justin Hammer says, the pilot's okay, he survived. How, Justin? How did he survive that? Whatever. So, meanwhile, we have this other character who's actually our true villain, Ivan Vanko, who's in the Cold Arts of Russia, who seemingly has plans... Uh, of this of the arc reactor, and it has both, uh, assuming his father's name and Howard Stark's name there. What does that mean? Um, and this is where the whole action comes into play. Uh, Ivan Valko gets a trip to the United States, where uh, not the United States, to Morocco, where Tony Stark is atten- is basically on on holiday, and um, and because Tony Stark has got a Tony Stark, he wants to enter the um, the morocco 500 whatever it's called i know it's a prestigious race i've, yeah, I've seen it it's before. a big
1: old drag race and he goes yeah. in without telling anyone he right. he said that during this movie he does a lot of reckless
0: shit oh in this one. yeah we'll talk about his character so this leads to a brawl between uh vanco and iron man in a hilarious spot when involving a car pepper freaking out um, it reminds me of that
1: one scene in The Office where Andy runs over Dwight with his car. It's hilarious.
0: Oh, oh my God. Yes. Um, and what Tony finds out is, and he notices, and anybody will notice, is that um, Whip or uh, Whiplash, or we we're going to call him Whiplash for going forward when he's in the costume, has, a to- has an arc reactor similar to Tony's. Of course, Tony destroys it, and he questions him about it, and... Um, uh, and even before that, as uh, even though Tony beat him technically, um, uh, he's being taken away by the authorities, and he's like, "You lose, you lose, Stark." Ah, ah, ah. He's like, "You Cathlet. didn't win, you didn't win." Exactly. While well his it, and and has possibly the best line in this entire movie, and possibly one of the better like single line reads in the entire MCU. If you make God bleed. People cease to believe in him. And it's like, God, So damn. poetic. Holy shit. It's And it's true, because after that moment, life... Of course, Gary Sheff... Gary, uh, not Sheffield. That's the baseball player. Gary Shandling. Uh, Shandling. It's very similar. Ga- Gary S, Gary S. Gary Shandling's character is on television, of course, promoting the Iron Man weapon as, as dangerous, and the other people have the technology. And all... Oh! Going on between this that I'm going under is that Tony Stark, the very single thing that is keeping him alive, that kept him alive with the help of Ho Jensen back in the first movie, is actually killing him now. Yeah, Um,
1: Uh, so basically, if you recall in the first movie, he uh, made the plate of his uh, initial arc reactor out of palladium, which is a very toxic metal that should not be consumed by humans, by the way, and it is slowly but surely killing him
0: yeah and you can see great job on the makeup people cause, uh you see at point at certain points in the movie it's itching out of his of the arc reactor socket and it just looks all nasty and ooky and like almost like a like a techno organic virus in a way um but t- but and Tony Stark's constantly having to drink this weird liquid basically to keep his blood toxicity he has no way to stop it this genius man has no way to stop it. And you combine this with the fact that people are starting to carve doubt on him. Um, and like he feels like his, his whole, everything he's built up to this point is falling apart. Um, his relationship with Pepper gonna is He
1: knows he's going to die soon and his company is going to be left out in air. So he gives uh, the CEO status to Pepper, who is severely reluctant, reluctant to do so. And even at one point, even relinquishes one of his Iron Man suits to Rhodey. And we'll get to that soon enough
0: exactly um in the meanwhile we also have along with that we have uh black widow joins the fray as a secret undercover agent for shield which i thought was fun because it's like a big week in the camera she doesn't do much but it's kind of like the we are building the something fuckers um and she does get a nice action which, which we'll talk about but um the tony and tony hits rock bottom hard in this movie um and where it mostly because of the palladium poisoning he sees how bad it is he's constantly checking his toxicity reports he hasn't told pepper Rody finds out by chance i believe yeah um, he
1: accidentally stumbles onto it
0: yeah and he doesn't want to tell pepper because he knows if he tells pepper he'll she'll get worried and um and all this stuff and uh, to- <laughs> this is the, like the weirdest scene with it it's like uh, Natalie Rushman's character because he doesn't know who she is yet kind of urges him to like basically cut loose I think it was sort of like a like see what he does kind of thing um, to which the point Tony Stark gets fucking drunk like yeah, he gets piss ass drunk in this he, sequence and he literally pieces stuff in the Iron Man suit um, to which the point he has the second greatest lying read in the movie where he goes uh, it's in the sea, you can drink this you can drink this water um, which I never knew <laughs> he said that I never knew he said that until I had subtitles on. Because it's just constantly... Everybody's talking over each other. Um, So, uh, give me one second, Tyler. Sure. Okay. So, uh, three, two, one. So, he is beyond drunk. Like, he is... He's... And and this is kind of like a reference to the comics where it is the, the, one of the more famous Iron Man stories is Demon in the Bottle, where Tony his alcoholism gets so bad. It's not the same here. It's it's mostly because of the Pleiadian reasoning, and then drinking led to this. But the, the he did draw, uh, fly the Iron Man suit while drunk, and that caused him to leak the armor. But the fact that like he. Is drinking. He's just blasting shit. There's a point where he's just shooting like vases and shit blindly into the crowd. I'm like, okay, this and this, this is kinda... pisses
1: off Roadie immensely.
0: Right. It's also kind of terrifying when you look at it. How like he he has he could literally kill anyone with this if he's not careful.
1: Yeah, and it's basically proving uh, the points that were uh, brought up by the U.S. government, uh, right? Uh, in a sense.
0: Right, exactly. He's proven everybody right, and a lot of that, you could say that he's spiraling down into a depression, um, which leads to Rhodey taking the suit from him um, after a very epic clash, um, to which point now it's all about preparing for the expo where Justin Hammer is going to present a new wave of drones. He's he's being secretly helped by a not-dead Ivan Vanko, um, who he faked his own death out of prison to get out of there. Um, but also has, I feel like, and there's there's a there, there's a phone call you can hear from talking about like cop like patent lawyers like how are they legally able how is Justin Hammer legally allowed to show an Iron Man looking thing and not get sued to oblivion because that's their trademark but we're not gonna discuss it. But they, they 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 talk about it but um, Roadie is going to basically be like the 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 parade officer for this demonstration. Uh, and then which leads us to a great conversation where Tony is sitting in a donut and we see the return of Nick Fury um, for the first time uh, in like an actual more than just a cameo.
1: And he is the and, realest person that you will ever meet, which is. Oh, like my nice God. line in hindsight.
0: Yeah. Oh, it's it's, it's exactly. Um, and he pretty much we this is pretty much what we realize that Tony's uh, past is a lot and, and like sort of future is a lot more connected than he realizes it. Um, that his dad worked with Ivan Vanko, Vanko wanted to, uh, use the archetype technology to get rich, Vanko got deported, and of course that fueled what would become the revenge for, um, Yvonne. Uh, and, um, Tony is pretty much put on house arrest by S.H.I.E.L.D., to the point where even, uh, um, Colson is like, I will fucking kick you in the balls and keep you here no matter what, uh, Specifically,
1: to- he will tase you and watch Super Nanny while you're lying on the ground.
0: That's a dated as fuck reference, by the way. It um, is. I could not I could I heard it. I was like, Jesus Christ. So He doesn't even do it, was, it though. He No, he, just he gets doesn't. out anyway. Yeah, exactly. Um, to Yeah, he, he that's what I've, I remember thinking like, wait a minute, where's Cole? He's gone. He and he got the strawberry whatever. Tony gets into work I love Tony in the lab. Tony fucking building shit is always my favorite parts of these Iron Man movies. Um he he basically figures out that the the park, the the SARK Expo that his dad built in the seventies, or how basically the blueprints were actually the blueprints for a element that he discovered, and Tony is sort of rediscovering it and using that was able to then synthesize it after basically rewiring power in, all, into his house, and also a cameo
1: crew. of a certain shield.
0: Oh yeah, and Captain America's shield as, as leverage, which was pretty. F- I I love that shit. Coulson, do you know what this is? And like like just play, yeah. I know what and it is just, a crappy secondies prop exactly <laughs> it was it was pretty great um and and tony creates a whole new chest piece and we get the whole triangle which i was like I, the circle's cool but i always like the triangle piece on iron man it's a lot more better. aesthetically
1: pleasing honestly
0: yeah and pretty much it le- this eventually leads into the finale where tony Stark is back new armor i don't even know this new armor but new 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 arc reactor at least um, and he's ready to kick ass. Um, and we even get a team of a war machine at the end, um, and, uh, all's fair and love and war. Ivanka, uh, Ivanka's taken care of. And then we have a meeting with, um, Tony and Fury about the Avengers initiative, how, and this is, this is what people made people concerned because they didn't know what to think about it. So Iron Man gets recommended for the Avengers initiative, but not Tony Stark. So it's I remember people were like, "Wait, what does that mean? Is he not There were there, were dude, I could tell you this. There were articles of like, "Okay, maybe they're going to put Rhodey in the Avengers and not Tony Stark because I think there were contract disputes at the time with Robert Downey Jr. It was a whole thing." Um it was it was it was a whole fucking thing. And um but yeah, Tony Stark is officially like back on the King of the Mountain. He is he is the shit once again with uh, a new sense of purpose and a new sense of love for Pepper and um and, and he's about to enter a world he's not even ready for.
1: Oh yeah, definitely.
0: What I what I okay, uh, we'll talk about this in, in, like sort of like references to features movies because th- this is really the beginning where they're starting to lay the tracks down for other movies, uh, especially the post credit scene. But like even other stuff they talk about with Tony, watching him in hand Do I notice this stuff? But let's go ahead and break it down. Um, let's talk about RDJ's performance in this because it's a very. Uh, How did you feel he did this time around versus the first go-around?
1: I I feel like it's about the same. Robert Downey Jr. is definitely one of the greatest parts of the movie, uh, for sure. Like, he has some of the best line reads, some of the best jokes. Uh, Not too much to say um, that's different from what I thought about him in the first movie, in all honesty.
0: No, uh, for sure, I I agree. Um, I do think the... um, because I, I would like to think that the whole the palladium stuff added a wrinkle was going to be nicer, but we only really get that sort of sense of desperation um, when um, he when he's drunk. That's the only really time you get you get that feeling like okay, t- like they imply hints to it that the movie he sells our collection. He 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 gives he makes Pepper the CEO without telling her why he's making her the CEO. Um, and he, he's pretty much about the same kind of, like, cocking, trying to moxie his way through this situation without trying to scare everybody.
1: He's using his patented riz, as the kids say.
0: Pretty much. And, and hell, he got the U.S. government to, like, pretty much back off his ass until that incident. But, um, you know, but, but um, I won't lie, it's, it's still very much enjoyable, good performance by RDJ. I especially love whenever he's against... Justin Hammer because he just fucking roasts him like there's nobody's business. Um, And, um... See, uh, North Koreans, Iran, 10 years. Uh, Hammer Tech, 20 years. Um, Just little jabs like that, but very... Nothing nothing too crazy, nothing too much of a departure from the last movie. Yeah. Um, As being said, though, let's talk about his buddy, uh, who is no longer Terrence Howard. He has been magically transformed to... Um, uh, Don Cheeto, which by the way I love the meta dialogue when you meet him for the first time and he goes uh, I know you were here, it's like I'm, I'm here I know, I it's this... me, I'm here, deal with it Exactly, it's just, it's just like telling the, the viewers "Like, Look, And listen, if you this can't is... deal with it, I'll turn you into a fucking tree Exactly <laughs> Um, How did you feel I know it's kind of hard to do that because we had more time with Don Tito than say Terrence Howard How did you feel uh, as this first go around as Tony's friend?
1: Um, I feel like they have a pretty good chemistry with each other. About the same as uh, he did with Terrence Howard in the first movie. Though I could say that about anyone with uh, Robert Downey Jr. in any of these movies, in all honesty. Um, True. I feel like they bounce off each other a lot more in this film because they have the coexisting superhero dynamic and also the clashing ideologies when they have that drunken Iron Man fist fight.
0: Yeah, I thought that was great. You know, they, I think they I think I think you're right in that they play off each other a lot more. They they feel like um uh like like they there there was a sense of tension even though it's a new actor. You still had that sense of tension of these two long-term friends coming together and that's not always easy to capture when you're coming when you're not the same actor from the previous movie. Um and um but I thought Don Cheadle definitely was more humorous in some of in some of his line delivery. Uh, i can namely think of my favorite scene is when um he's uh um he he's getting the, the the hammer the the weapon demonstration from hammer and he's like i want it i want all of it uh as, as referring to getting outfitted as as the war machine um but also i think he's a little bit more stern than 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 um terrence howard's portrayal cuz like he was not afraid to get in tony's grill about shit
1: yeah like, he was, uh, busting his buns, just trying to get heat off of Tony as much as possible, and as the movie progresses more and more up to the breaking point, uh, he feel like that, uh, his trust has been betrayed, and just steals the Mark II suit and brings it to the U.S. military to weaponize it.
0: Exactly, yeah. Um, because, you know, he just wants to help his friend, he doesn't want to, he doesn't want it to go down this road, um... And, and it just felt like, um, it, it felt like a natural extension, like no disrespect to Senator Howard, who would have loved to have seen him, how he just very much like Edward Norton in the last movie and in incredible Hulk. I would have liked to have seen him interact with everybody, but I think in terms of you're going to have to recast someone, Don is a pretty good choice and Don is still kicking in the MCU. He's in the recent secret invasion show as of, uh, as of episode three, but who knows? He yes. might be a scroll. I don't fucking know. I haven't seen episode two. Um, anybody could be a scroll at this point. Uh, it's, I might uh, be a scroll. You might be a scroll, but we're not talking about Secret Invasion. Um, let's go ahead and talk about, uh, uh let's see, I guess, let's talk about our villain, Ivan Vanko, our, our main villain, because I don't really count Justin Hammer as the main villain. How did you feel about our boy Whiplash?
1: Um, so, with Ivan, the first time I saw this, I didn't really think much of him, but in this recent viewing, I found him much more engaging as a villain, uh... Like, he's really interesting. Like, he doesn't say much. He's very subdued. And his actions are pretty minimalist in, uh, compared to Obadiah Stane from Iron Man 1. But he does come off as threatening in a bunch of ways. Like, he's Tony's intellectual equal, and he's not afraid to, like, take an L just to prove that he's right. And that's exactly
0: scary. Yeah, um, and I think it all goes to Mickey Rourke. Like, if you notice the scenes where it's... Whenever it's Robert Downey Jr., it's always the scene is bang, 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 quick, quick, quick. quick. But when it's ever with him, and I think this is, this is how Mickey Rourke plays it, it's very methodical. It's very slowed down. Um, even that one scene where they're in cat, where they're talking to each other in jail, and like, even though Tony won the fight, and he's like, kind of rubbing his face in it, and like, you can just look at the like the the calmness and like like v- Vomko ca- uh, accomplished what he wanted to accomplish. Um, you know, he wanted to basically defame what the, the Starks did to his family. Um, uh, I thought we were talking about Game of Thrones for a second. Um, but like, I, I agree. I thought he was, was intimidating. And I think a lot of it goes to Mickey Rourke's performance, who is also very much like Arbiter Jr. That was his comeback movie. This and a couple other films around this time were Mickey Rourke's sort of comeback story to like being considered like one of the better actors in Hollywood at the time. Nice um but yeah i it's a shame the only thing is that i just felt like his final armor was a little bit uninspired i mean like his whole thing is his it's whips if you look at his main it's comic design it's not exactly the greatest either um but uh in terms of ideological wise i thought i thought they worked well well together
1: yeah for sure
0: um, that being said, let's talk about Justin Hammer, who is the polar opposite of Vonkel. Um, I mean, this th-
1: guy is a goofball, like to the nth degree. Like if you want a more comedic Tony Stark, who is pretty much the opposite
0: in terms of intelligence, this is the guy pretty much. And he's, he, he has that billionaire bravado. And, and when I say that, I mean the, uh, I'm so full head up my ass that I cannot be wrong. Um, that, like, he just comes off as, like, it's, like, anti-charisma, um, if if that makes any sense. Um, but also... He's a rich white boy to the nth degree. Exactly. My favorite is when, um, he's, uh, Vanko is fucking with the, 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 the hammer prototype armor, and... He just fucking rip. He tells him, "Oh, those cost one point two five million per per unit," and, and he just rips the helmet off. And you can just see him squirm. And but he knows he can't do shit to this man, so he's like, "Get someone down here! Come on." Um, he feel he feels like he's like the guy, the rich guy who would call someone's like, "I need to speak with your manager. I am very unsatisfied <laughs> with, with my service." That's what he feels like. Um, and him begging Pepper to not call. The, the police, after he's been found out that he was basically holding an international criminal at this point. Um, but also, he's great because of that fucking danceover he does when he comes to the Sark Expo for the second time. Holy
1: shit, I am so glad that they shot that at night because if they shot that during the day, the whiteness would blind us all.
0: Yes, it's, yeah. Um, he does come back in, in, a, in a short later, way later on. Um, not way later. On. I think it's Iron Man three where we see him again, it, like in this in, in a short movie. Um, but I thought he was like a great counterbalance to Tony in the sense of love. Like, look how fucking dumb this, how like much of an idiot this guy is. Um, and and my the biggest, I remember the biggest laugh this movie got was when when. And it goes back to that web administration gag where he tells them, like, this is going to be the bunker that's going to bust. it's is going to bust the bunker inside the bunker you busted. Say that five times fast. Um, and, and he gives, and he calls it the ex-wife, right? Great laugh. But when, when Rhodey fires that shit and it spurts out like a water spigot, like, and even farts out. Hammer Biggest tech? Biggest laughing. Hammer tech. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's fan fucking time ta- It just says everything about Justin Hammer you need to say. Um, great, great foil. Um, and, like, not the world's greatest villain, but served a, served his role very, very well.
1: For sure, for sure.
0: Now, how did you, okay, Now, Okay, so now we're getting into... We're setting the tracks. One thing I, I really liked about this movie, um, before we get into, like, another character, is namely that one... And it's all in that courtroom scene where they're talking about how, like, you can't save us all you cannot there are some threats out there that you can't protect this i feel like obviously they had to in writing avengers around this time maybe not 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 directing or anything but they had to imply some. i think a lot of this was like preparing the idea that tony stark is going to run into way bigger shit in the next coming years
1: yeah knowing that gary shandling is a hydra soldier and they know about specific things um it does kind of make sense in hindsight
0: yeah, and and eventually what we what we find out what Tony does later in other movies, namely creating of a super international homicidal robot villain, whatever we'll get there in a few in a few months. You think um, Diamond would do that shit? You think he would? But you know, it takes a sometimes it takes a good genius to create something evil. But um, I always and it's some it's one of those things where like you don't think about it at first because they could just be talking about like international terrorism, but no, they're thinking about something much like it's foreshadowing something much bigger that we already know about, but, like, you could add that substance in there because we've seen that we've had that experience. Um, but now we've seen them lay the tracks down there. How did you f- feel about the inclusion of Black Widow in this movie?
1: Um, well, the first time I saw her, Scarlett Johansson, whew, it, it gets hot in here. Like, I thought it was the Texas heat, but, oh, my goodness. Uh, yeah. Scarlett Joe, man. But, that- like... Um, In terms of, like, um, the foil that's kind of in the background, surveying Tony's progress, uh, evaluating his Avenger status, I think she was fine. Like, she definitely presents herself as a badass, though. Like, just, like, uh, just throwing hands with Happy Hogan and uh, knocking out a whole bunch of soldiers all at once.
0: Yeah, my favorite bit of that moment is Happy is struggling to take out one dude and she just tears through everyone else like there's nobody's, nobody's business. It was cool to get basically another, a third superhero in this movie. Um, man, to think people complained about that. There's too many heroes. Eh, I'm like, you, uh, whatever, I'm you not going to get into that. children. Yeah, exactly. Um, it, it was cool. She got a moment and, and it was fantastic, especially considering she, what she's going to do. Uh, in the I future. miss the big
1: poofy hair, though.
0: Yeah. Now that being said, um, even though the finale wasn't the greatest, that the moment before Ivan shows up, is oh my fucking... god,
1: that fight scene is so cool. Like, did you? I would did go you... as far to say as uh, this battle is probably the best climax in Phase One, next to uh, the one in the Avengers.
0: Yeah, did you know that was storyboarded by Jen uh, the, I, the Samurai? Jenny
1: Tartakovsky. Yes, I did yeah. know that.
0: Yeah, and you can fucking tell, dude. It's it's like I didn't well, like I didn't know that initially, but I and when I saw, it, I was like, okay, yeah. The the cutaways, it makes the sense. Yeah, the stare downs, ev- everything, and it's so good. Even when Vanko shows up as Whiplash, and like he's even though it's not a long fight, he comes off as threatening. Um, and, and just overpowering, um, and, and crazy. But I do like, but right before he gets up, I do like Tony does his little fucking laser show. Um, that was the best part. Holy shit. It just slices everything too. We see that again in Avengers and I remember marking out for that, like, um, like, holy shit, he did it again. Um, but, uh, great. Again, it's not, I, I, I think, I think it's definitely better than the Hulks. It's definitely improved on Iron Man. People shit on it a lot. It's not. I think people judge lengthness over qu- uh, qu- uh, time, length over quality, and I think the quality of this finale is way better. Even the sequence of them flying around the Spark Expo is fucking amazing. Yeah, it's really thrilling. Uh, especially like flying over. My, I'll never get over my favorite spot bef- in, in the flying sequence is when like we're gonna go through the water and he basically creates video game rings to fly through. Um, <laughs> And, and he bounces off, like, he pushes off the inner part of the globe to where the, the robots can't react fast enough for that. I love that shit. That, that was some, like, why can't... That's some good Iron Man-esque maneuvering maneuvering right there.
1: Yeah, that's some Star Wars shit right there.
0: It, it, it was fantastic. So, over, like, when you count all that as one action set piece, I think it holds up a lot better than, say, the Iron Man 1 fight with... Iron Monger, and then the hard-to-see monster fight in Incredible Hulk.
1: Yeah, I would say so, for sure.
0: Okay, so I think it's time. Let's go ahead and talk about the post-credits scene, shall we?
1: Yeah, we should probably talk about what Phil Coulson was up to this entire time.
0: Well, not just Phil Coulson. Uh, so well, there's, a, there's a mention early in the movie uh, when Tony is talking with Nick Fury... Um, he's like, you're my fucking problem now, motherfucker. He doesn't say that, but I think he wanted to say he that. He totally would. Um, if this, and, hey, if you're going to drop an F-bomb, I feel like they would have been there, but, um, and he says, I had a whole problem in the Southwest region, um, and, and we don't know what that is. It's like, what is he talking about? And then, uh, we see Coulson, or not Coulson, we see, like, just a shot of the, of the desert, and this is actually just a rip from the movie Thor, uh, as we would find out later on. Um, but um, we just see this huge ass crater. Nox, ex- what the fuck is it, Coulson? Do to Coulson, sir? We found it. What is it? And it's just a like the cameras Pulling at cameras pulling back, and it's just Thor's hammer in all its glory. And Holy hear,
1: shit! It's me on here
0: Yeah, and you just hear thunder, and uh, you just hear thunder and crackling of lightning as the as screen goes to black, so like, which uh, you know, all signaling that Thor's gonna be next. Which I remember getting so because I didn't know what it was going to be. No one knew what it was going what the what the post credit sequel was going to be. Comic book nerds definitely knew. Oh, for sure. Maybe I didn't, and I'm a comic book nerd. And I was like, "What is it?" I think it might have been leaked beforehand, but um, uh, but just seeing Thor's, I remember like because like okay, up until this point, up until this sorry, I get a random phone call from Michigan. Um, up until this point, we had only have Iron Man two Iron Man's and a Hulk and we're trying to build the Avengers at this point we know Captain America and Thor are coming but how are they going to come we didn't know that exactly and just seeing Thor's hammer was more than enough of like oh my god this is actually happening
1: yep it's happening right now Michael Scott saying so everyone calm the fuck down
0: Ex- exactly so um I best you Chris I, I still stand by that seeing Thor's hammer for the first time is one of the best MCU post credit sequences of all time.
1: Like I didn't know shit about Marvel Comics back when I first saw this and I still leapt out of my seat when I saw yeah. the hammer.
0: That's how iconic that hammer is because um you you know um you know how uh, how great that that is. Um but let's go ahead and wrap this up. I feel like we've said more than enough of what we can on Iron Man two. Would you say that's fair? Yeah, I would say so. Okay, so uh, I think we were generally positive about this. It's not the greatest one ever, um, but uh, let's go ahead and give it ratings. How many Justin Hammer white boy dances out of five do you (laughs) give uh, Iron Man 2, Tyler?
1: I will give this uh, three and a half um, uh, Roy drones out of five. Uh, As a sequel, it's not as good as Iron Man 1, I will say that much. But I wouldn't go as far to say it's a bad movie. At the end of every one of these movies, uh, from the 100 plus films that we've reviewed uh, across this show and Atomic Shot, I always ask myself did this entertain me? And yeah, this definitely entertained the hell out of me. It's got great character moments. Uh, It introduces War Machine and Black Widow into the MCU. It establishes uh, Tony's uh, uh, presence going forward in the MCU. And it introduces a great villain in uh, Whiplash, and a comedic one in Justin Hammer, which was uh, I'm definitely going to get points for that. Um, its plot is kind of all over the place. Uh, there are a whole bunch of uh, plot threads going on at the same time, and so I would say that the story is probably the weakest part of it. Uh, it's not as tightly written as Iron Man One, but it's still damn entertaining.
0: I, I, I'm gonna give it a solid three definitely very very good um does a lot of what made the first one really really great I do like Ivan Mako as a villain um I wish we could have gotten a little bit more deviation from Tony as he's dealing with basically death in his corner but he kind of just charismas his ways through it because he's the main character um and but overall still like a solid movie And like in the this is what bothers my mind when people say this is a this is a bad one this is the this is this is that I'm like it's a solid movie. It's it's not the greatest thing you're gonna see ever, but it's you're gonna if if you're unless you're gonna be a cynic about it, which you can't you have every right to be. It's still a fun movie to watch. Great set pieces, um, great action stuff. Great Tony. Just if you like Tony, just great Tony being Tony. Um, and but now next week when we come back, uh, we're finally gonna enter something bigger than just Earth Base. Ladies and gentlemen, when we come back, uh, we will enter the realm of Asgard Eternal as we meet the mighty Thor. Uh, By Tyler... Odin's beard! <laughs> exactly. Tyler, tell everyone that can find you before we leave.
1: Uh, you can follow. You can find me on YouTube if you search for Tiger Shoes Reviews, where I review old-ass fighting games to your pleasure. I also stream sometimes on Twitch at twitch.tv slash tigershoes1. Check out what the heck I'm playing on there if I feel like doing stuff on there.
0: You can, and you can follow me at twitter.com slash marvelous iggy, and I stream live four times a week. That's Friday, Saturdays Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Wednesday. All at twitch.tv slash iggy2814. And of course go to chartshot.com for this episode as well as our many other ones that we've done over the years. Thank you everybody for listening. We'll see you all for our next three of part four of the Marvel Cinematic Universe with Thor.
1: Drone Better.
0: Superior Tech!